Good afternoon. Welcome to the April 27, 2022 meeting of the Budget and Appropriations Committee. I'm Chair Hillary Ronan, and I am joined by President Walton, Supervisor Chan, Supervisor Safai, and um, I believe uh, Supervisor Marr uh, may not be joining us today. We will find out soon. Um, Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcements? Thank you, Madam Chair. With our return to the chamber, just a friendly reminder for those in attendance to please make sure to silence all cell phones, hand electronic devices, and kindly refrain from any flash photography. Uh, the Board of Supervisors and its committees are now convening hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. Uh, the board recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will be taking public comment as follows. Uh, first, public comment will be taken uh, on the item on this agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first and then we will take those uh, who are uh, waiting on the telephone line. For those watching either channels 26, 78, or 99 on sfgovtv.org, the public comment number is streaming across the screen. That number is 415-655-0001. Again, that's 415-655-0001. Uh, then enter the meeting ID of 2492-607-1682, then pound and pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, those joining us in person should line up to speak, and those on the telephone should dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you're on your telephone, please remember to turn on your TV and all listening devices you may be using. As previously mentioned, we will take public comment from those attending in person first, and then we'll go to our public comment telephone line. Alternatively, you may submit public comment uh, in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Budget and Appropriations Committee Clerk at brent.jalipa at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and also included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall. That's 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. Uh, and um, finally, uh, items acted upon today, if any are forwarded to the board, uh, will be uh, expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors agenda of May 3rd, unless otherwise stated. Madam Chair. Thank you so much to our clerk, Brent Halipa, and I also wanted to thank Matthew Ignau from SFGov TV for broadcasting this meeting. Mr. Clerk, can you please read item number one? Yes, item number one is a hearing on the Division of Public Works and the formation of Streets and Sanitation Department as a result of the passage of Proposition B to determine financial and budgetary needs to accomplish the goals of Proposition B to increase cleanliness of city streets and create overall better conditions on the street. Members of the public who are joining us remotely and wish to comment on this hearing, please call the public comment number at 415-655-0001 uh, with the meeting ID of 2492-607-1682 and then press pound twice. Once connected to the meeting, you will need to press star three to enter the speaker line. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. When the system indicates you haven't unmuted, that will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you. Colleagues, I have called this hearing today 
to uh, discuss the formation of the new City Department Sanitation and Streets as a result of Proposition B, uh, which, which the voters passed. Um, and Public work is, Works is currently charged with building, designing, and maintaining city infrastructure uh, will be severed into two separate departments. San Francisco is experiencing an unprecedented crisis when it comes to street conditions. Many of our neighborhoods and streets are overwhelmed by people that are uh, suffering from homelessness, addiction, mental illness, uh, many people who are even selling goods, oftentimes uh, uh, fencing goods uh, as a result of extreme economic inequality and um, a crime ring that is uh, definitely flourishing in the streets of the mission. It is going to take all of us and the best of us uh, to fix this and to get our streets to a healthy place where we can all be proud of our neighborhoods as we once were. Uh, not only do I want to hear how the formation of these two new apartments will affect street conditions, uh, but also how the Department of Sanitations and Streets uh, will be funded to adequately serve their multiple functions. Uh, very recently, we've placed at, at least three, if not four new initiatives um, at the feet of uh, what is currently public works, uh, the enforcing uh, the rules around the shared spaces program, um, the street vendor legislation that I wrote together with the supervisor, uh, with the mayor's office and supervisor Safai, in order to deal with the uh, overwhelming street vending happening in many of our neighborhoods. Um, the Tenderloin Initiative, as well as, once again, having to enforce uh, graffiti uh, laws and rules. And yet, the department has been chronically understaffed. Uh, and you can see, you can see the impacts on our streets. And so I would love to hear today uh, how creating these new departments will impact what, what we see as uh, constituents, supervisors, neighbors in, in our streets, and what you need in terms of resources from this committee in order to properly enforce the laws that have been placed at your control, as well as uh, really make a measurable difference in the conditions of our streets. And with that, colleagues, anybody else have opening comments? Nope. So we will hear from our city administrator, Carmen Chu. Good morning, or good afternoon. Good afternoon, Chair Ronan, of course, our president of the board, President Walton, members of the committee, thank you very much for having us today. Uh, first off, I wanna thank you for acknowledging the good work that the department has done, whether it is around the street vending uh, work that they have been in partnership with you on, the shared spaces program in partnership with our businesses, uh, and also working on some of the other challenges we see, whether it's graffiti or some of the challenges we see in the Tenderloin. I think the one thing I really do want to say is a big thanks to the department because they truly have a can-do attitude about trying to address some of these challenges alongside with us. So I want to thank them and the line staff for all of their good work. 
Uh, my name is Carmen Chu, and I serve as San Francisco City Administrator. And as you know, when Proposition uh, B passed in 2020, uh, I became City Administrator shortly thereafter in February of 2021, and was tasked with helping to create plans and a process for the implementation of Proposition B. I want to thank Rachel Alonzo and Douglas Legg from my team, as well as Carla Short and her entire Public Works team for helping to work this uh, plan together. I'm joined today uh, by my colleagues, uh, Director uh, Carla Short, uh, the Deputy Director of Finance and Administration, Bruce Robertson, uh, my Deputy City Administrator, uh, Ken Buskowski, who is joining by uh, remote, as well as our Prop B Project Director, Rachel Alonzo. And I think with the complement of people here, we'll be able to answer, we hope, all of the questions that you may have before us. Uh, as you know, the work of implementing and trying to create the division of a department is not an easy one. It's complicated. Uh, we started to put together a team together, headed by Rachel Alonzo on my team, to help think through all of the different pieces that would need to come together in order to create the division. Uh, as you all know, Proposition B contemplated a few things. Primarily, what it did was really it focused on oversight and the creation of two new departments. It did not add additional resources for direct street services. And so when we started to approach Proposition B, we truly took a look at it from the perspective of how do we really create the two departments? How do we create a commission, two commissions, help to create performance measures that the commission could consider, bylaws and other structures that would help a commission form. We worked to coordinate a budget submission for Proposition B and think about how we would approach shared administrative costs and services across the departments. We started to really work through some of the recommendation for the charter-mandated commission duties, and of course, we started to do some work with regards to hiring people to help to start to, start to staff that, including a public works commission secretary. Through the process, and Rachel can speak more about this, there was quite a lot of work that was done to speak with staff and really understand on the ground what this really meant for people. Uh, combined between information sessions with employees as well as union representative, there were over 50 meetings or convenings that did happen. And as you know as well, we have submitted one of two mandatory pieces of legislation for shared administrative services that is coming. So again, as we have uh, come to this hearing, we are excited to share with you our progress so far, to share with you what we have done and some of the things that we are proposing. Uh, and again, to answer any questions that you have, because I think ultimately you want to know exactly what does this accomplish, and not only that, but what would it mean for some of our street conditions. So with that, I'll turn it over to Rachel Alonzo, and our entire team is at your disposal today at your hearing. Thank you, Carmen. Uh, good afternoon, supervisors. My name is Rachel Alonso. I'm the Prop B Project Director within the City Administrator's Office. Um, let's see if um, Angela should be on the line and she can pull up the presentation on Teams before I dive in and start talking about slides that aren't on the screen yet. Vivian, do you know? Here we go, great, all right. Um, <laughs> thanks for that uh, new technological world uh, hybrid meeting. So if we could go to the next slide, please. Next slide, that's just the agenda. Um, we'll go ahead and dive right in. All right, so um, City Administrator Chu already covered some of the items on this slide. It's just a recap of the progress that the Prop B team has made to date. 
um, and the, there we go. Um, so last spring, a governance structure was established to oversee the Prop B work, um, including a steering committee and working groups that are focused on one, finance and administration, two, operational efficiencies, and three, oversight and accountability. So since then, these groups have held a total of 60 meetings combined. Um, thank you to Supervisor Ronan for sitting on the executive steering committee to help with the implementation. Um, as City Administrator Chu mentioned, we've had dozens of meetings, both with Public Works employees and union representatives, uh, both to keep them informed as well as invite their feedback. And in response to um, the palpable fear from people, I've actually started referring to Proposition B as a spin-off rather than a split, because it has a friendlier connotation for people. Um, we've done a lot of work to set the commission up for or the commissions up for success. Uh, we've hired the commission secretary, who for public works, who is helping to launch both commissions. We've developed recommendations to present to the commissions for how to comply with their mandates, and we've logged over 40 each connection points between the two departments, as well as improvement opportunity ideas. So my partners from Public Works will be speaking to you shortly about the budget submission that we helped to coordinate, but first I want to share a bit about the commission mandates and our recommendations for compliance. Next slide, please. Great, so um, this is a preview of the recommendations being made to meet the performance monitoring and transparency goals of establishing the two commissions. This work was done so that the commissions can hit the ground running once they are seated, and of course, they will have the discretion to accept, reject, or modify these at any time. So uh, the words that you see on the slide are what the charter mandates are per Proposition B, and I'll talk through our recommendations for compliance. So the Public Works Commission has a general mandate to oversee the department's performance, including the evaluation of data, while the SAS Commission more specifically refers to monitoring data regarding street and sidewalk conditions. So we've prioritized approximately 20 key performance measures for each department. Examples for SAS include service requests and response time to cleaning, trash cans, tree inspections, and potholes, while Public Works includes things like the pavement condition index and the rate of construction contract awards falling within a target range of the original designer's cost estimate. We are expecting SAS to present data monthly, while Public Works will present quarterly, which reflects the differing nature and speed of operations related compared to capital project delivery. Um, and then speaking of capital project delivery, while both commissions are empowered to, and mandated to approve contract awards and modifications, Public Works has an average of 13 awards and mods per month compared to SAS, which has a monthly average of only one and a half contract actions. So to keep meeting agendas and durations manageable, we're recommending thresholds based on contract type, dollar amount, and chapter six requirements for which contracts go to the commission and whether they are on the consent agenda or the regular agenda. Knowing, of course, that the commissioners will always have the discretion to pull something off consent and place it on the regular agenda. Uh, the charter also mandates annual reporting to both commissions regarding seven attributes around um, HR positions, such as seasonal and provisional status, as well as the vacancy rate, which I know we'll be talking about further uh, today. So we are working with IT, who's helping to ensure that all the required fields are available, and then developing new standard performance dashboards that can be reproduced on that annual basis. 
Um, the next two boxes on the lower left are, lower uh, middle and lower left, are uh, specific to SAS. So the commission is responsible for establishing minimum standards of cleanliness for the public right-of-way. Rather than building something new while the commissioners are still getting up to speed and learning about the department, we are recommending that they leverage the controller's office annual street and sidewalk standards program with some modifications to the methodology when possible. The SAS commission is also tasked with setting baselines for services to be administered by the department. To get them going, we're recommending that the services be um, broken down, or the baselines be broken down for each of the bureaus based on budget, position count, and the services provided. Finally, Proposition B empowers the controller's office to, to conduct an annual cost analysis regarding efficiencies and waste. So um, the controller's office is currently developing their work plan for the coming year, and they expect to be ready next spring to present the proposed analytical framework for that. Next slide, please. All right. Um, we are working to recruit a commission secretary for the new department, and we are reminding the board and the mayor's office and the controller's office uh, that the tenor commissioner appointments must be made this spring in order to keep the commissions uh, seated in July according to the um, baseline schedule that we have. Uh, with the help of the city attorney's office, we have combed through hundreds and are revising dozens of municipal code sections for the cleanup legislation, which is due to you by the end of the fiscal year. Although it's a high volume, it's a relatively straightforward update, just updating references to SAS where appropriate. Um, we need to finish deciding how to preserve or modify the 40 connections between the departments I mentioned previously, and then we need to draft an interdepartmental agreement to memorialize those decisions and ensure continued coordination and operations between the two departments after October 1st. The Public Works Commission Secretary is navigating the logistical maze involved in scheduling the first three months of commission meetings, as well as crafting thorough onboarding plans to get the commissioners up to speed in July, August, and September. Um, just as we need to onboard the commissioners, we also need to educate staff about this brand new world and how the commission will change their day-to-day -day work. This effort has begun, uh, but will really ramp up in May and June, so everyone is ready once the commissions are seated and then um, exercise their full powers and duties, which is September 1st for Public Works and October 1st for SAS. Uh, last but not least are the required technical changes from new web pages to adding SAS to 311, and then all the work that the controller's office is helping us to plan for regarding migrating positions and employees so that things like time entry can continue seamlessly after October 1st. I want to just end by giving a shout out to the dozens of San Francisco's civil servants who stepped up to help work through the details of this implementation, whether it's within public works or people from other departments with commissions that are sharing their best practices. People really care that this goes well. They see the significance. Uh, we've had to find a way together to really make something out of nothing. The last time a structural change of this nature took place was, um, from my understanding, over 20 years ago when Muni and DPT merged to form the MTA, and Proposition B is uh, basically the opposite of a merger, and it's um, breaking two departments, right, or a spinoff into SAS. Um, and so I just want to say that it's taken a village, and I'm grateful to the people who've been very gracious with their time.
we couldn't have done it without them. And with that, I will hand it over to Bruce Robertson, the CFO of Public Works, and definitely one of the people to have devoted the most time to this effort, both in the past and in the future, since he will be preparing for and attending three commission meetings per month. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Ms. Alonzo. Um, good afternoon, Supervisors, President Walton. I'm Bruce Robertson, CFO for Public Works. So I'm going to spend a few minutes just going through the budget submittal, the revised org chart to give you a sense of, of what the new Proposition B will have on the department. So currently on the screen, this is the organizational chart as Public Works currently exists. I think you all have seen this before. The Public Works Department reports up through the City Administrator's Office and through the Mayor's Office. And then you can see it's really comprised of four main bureaus. Infrastructure design and construction, bless you, that deals primarily with roadways and a lot of the um, horizontal, vertical, horizontal projects. Building design and construction that handles a lot of the big projects that you've seen recently, such as Fire Station 35, Animal Care and Control, and that is also the bureau that did the rebuild of, of Zuckerberg SF General Hospital. And then you see operations, and that is the bureau that is primarily going to be the one that transitions and is spun off into the new Sanitation and Streets Department. And then on the far right of the slide, you see a lot of the backbone and, and back-of-the-house operations, finance, IT, planning, and performance. So next slide, please. So after Prop B is implemented on October 1st, this is what the new slide, the new public works will look like. Um, the significant change you see is right at the very top of the org chart, and you see there's a commission of five members, and then there's the manager of commission affairs that is going to support the commission. And then below you see three of the remaining four bureaus that are currently in public works, and you'll notice the one that's missing is operations, street environmental services, urban forestry, building repair, and street and sewer repair. So a much smaller, more project delivery focused organization after October 1st when Proposition B is implemented. Uh, next slide, please. And this is the organization chart for the new Sanitation and Streets Department. Again, I'll start at the top. You see a five-member commission at the top with a manager of commission affairs. And then below, you'll see four bureaus under the new department head and the deputy director of operations. You'll see central operations. You'll see street environmental services. That's where a lot of our street cleaning happens. You'll also see urban forestry. And then you'll see a combined building and street repair on the far right. I do want to highlight two of the boxes you'll notice reporting to the department head with dotted lines. And those are the shared administrative services. And very much by design, we added two boxes to that org chart. And in the next slide, you'll, you'll see why. Can I just ask a quick Absolutely. question? Absolutely, yes. Where does sort of the enforcement uh, responsibilities fall? So re enforcement of the rules around shared spaces and... So if you go back to, if, if, if possible, to go back one slide. So enforcement primarily is done in, in two areas of the department. If you look at the far lower left, the Bureau of Street Use and Mapping, that's where the enforcement arm primarily within Public Works lies. And that will remain within Public Works after the split on October 1st. But a lot of the permitting and the enforcement 
because a lot of things get permitting, there's a synergy with the inspection and the enforcement, and those two have always been married, and that's why they will remain married within the Bureau of Street Use and Mapping, even after the spinoff of sanitation and departments. Within sanitation and department, there is a very narrow focus of some staff that are funded by refuse rates that do some inspection work around garbage cans, but that is a very narrow focus of work, and because it is funded by refuse rates, and that is a very restricted use of funds, their work is limited and cannot be expanded to do a much broader uh, inspection activities on the sidewalk or the streets. I'll just wait until the end of the, I have a, I have a bunch of, but that was one of the ones that I wanted to talk more about. But that's okay, we can, we can wait until the end of the presentation. Sure. Um, so where I was um, talking about, no problem, again, on the shared spaces. Sorry, excuse oh, me, sorry, yes. one second, yes, um, Mr. Robertson. Uh, President Walton, do you have a clarification question? If, if the MO is going to be to wait to the end of the presentation, I can wait to. Yeah, no, these are just, if you have a clarification question to understand the slides, we'll ask them now. Otherwise, we'll wait until the end. Thank okay, you. sorry. Go ahead. Um, why don't we just go to the next slide? So these are the shared administrative services. If you look at the top, the, the circles in the gray, those are shared administrative services that are mandated under the charter amendment. So you can look and you can see budget, accounting, contract, admin, IT, emergency services. A lot of those kind of back of the house functions that currently exist within public works are required under Prop e to be a shared administrative service for the first two and a half years. If you look at the far right, you'll see HR, health and safety, and training are also mandated to be shared, and those currently reside in the city administrator's office, and they provide those services to us. At the bottom, part of the work that Rachel Alonzo and the property implementation team did, soliciting feedback from departments throughout the city, Public Works and, and the property implementation team has chosen to have many administrative service continue to be shared. And so those are elected services. And you can see policy and communications, sunshine requests, hearings, um, ADA review, CEQA review, fleet management, and inner office mail. So those will continue to be shared to provide some cost savings. Next slide, please. And so one item I wanna highlight and really I wanna piggyback off of Ms. Alonzo, I wanna commend the Public Works budget team and the controller's office and the mayor's budget office because we have submitted two budgets that, and one of them is created mid-fiscal year. That is the first time in city history that has happened. So I wanna just take a moment to commend the budget team in collaboration with the mayor's office and the controller's office. It's really unprecedented. So I just wanted to take that opportunity. And our budget does include the spinoff of sanitation and streets on October 1st. And a lot of what we've added to the budget were really recommended by the property implementation team working with colleagues in other city departments and vetted by the property executive team. So I do want to highlight one item. Uh, the controller's costing letter when this went before the voters identified up to $6 million in potential additional administrative costs with no direct cost for additional services. And so what happened was the budget had a $6 million placeholder 
and what we've done is to provide some specificity and detail to identify what the overall general fund impact is gonna be. And that's really what the next few bullet points are. The additional cost for budget and accounting and IT staff, as well as the staffing for the new commissioners, the new commission affairs managers, a new department head for sanitation and streets, as well as um, the move of the human resources staff from the city administrator's office to public works. Um, some of the other costs identified include some uh, non-labor costs around tenant improvements, new office space, and just some materials and supplies needed for the commissioners. And again, per the charter, um, no additional costs for street cleaning is assumed. Um, that said, next slide, please. And, and Chair Ronan, many of these items on this slide are items you've identified. These are just some of the other demands that, that are on public works that we hear from elected officials, um, other stakeholders, the public. None of these items that you're going to see on this slide are really going to come as a, a surprise, but you can see sidewalk cleaning, enhanced sidewalk and street enforcement. Uh, Supervisor Ronan, that was one you specifically mentioned, as well as private graffiti and just enhanced cleaning throughout the city neighborhoods. So we put together some proposals. You can see the FTE increase and then the overall cost for the first year. And that first year includes labor, non-labor. We'll need some additional equipment, um, some packers to pick up debris and, and flushers to clean the street, as well as additional pickup trucks. So I just wanted to, to put this out there and, and identify that these are some of the other demands that we hear quite frequently from key stakeholders. Next slide, please. And, and with that, we are happy to take any questions. Um, in addition to City Administrator Chu, Interim Director Carla Short, also with us is Dejada Dern, the Deputy Director of Operations. So we're all ready and available to answer any questions you may have. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for the presentation. I um, appreciate how our um, City Administrator Carmen Chu started off by thanking all of the amazing staff at DPW. <coughs> Uh, I wanted to to do the same. Um, I, I, you know, as supervisors, we often do street cleanups in our own districts, and it's hard work. And almost right when you're done, and you get the satisfaction of having a absolutely clean street, as you walk back, it's already dirty again. So, I, you know, that takes a toll on your you know, excitement and ability to get up tomorrow and, and do it again. And so I, you know, I, I just, I recognize uh, the difficulty of this work and uh, the honor in it and also the frustration of working so hard and then really not getting to enjoy for very long the fruits of your labor. That, that's hard. <laughs> and so I just, I just want um, all of the, the DP, W, or I, I can't stop calling it DPW. I've really, and now we're going to have a whole new name. It's just going to make it even harder. So bear with me if I say DPW instead of PW. But um, I just really want to take a moment to recognize your incredible, hard, hardworking staff. So thank you very, very much for everything you do. Um, and uh, I also wanted to shout you out, Rachel Alonso, because I sit in, the, in those executive steering committees, and from day one, you have had the, the, <laughs> the implementation of this law, you know, uh, detailed and, and on track and organized. 
uh, in a very, very sophisticated and, and, and amazing way. So thank you to you as well. It, it, you rarely see huge efforts like this on schedule. <laughs> Certainly the implementation of Mental Health SF has never been on schedule, so I have to say my hat is off to you uh, in, in, in achieving this, this amazing feat. Now with that, uh, we have questions starting from Supervisor Safai. Thank you. Um, going back to slide seven, just want to get a little more clarity on you're creating a director of sanitation and streets and then keeping a deputy director of operations. Can you explain why you're doing that? I mean, it seems to me that you would just have the deputy director position become the director of streets and sanitation. I'm not exactly clear why that decision is made. Seems like a duplication of roles. Good afternoon, Supervisor. Thank you. Carla Short, Interim Director for San Francisco Public Works. Um, well, we have to, A, appoint um, a director that meets all the criteria outlined in the ordinance. So there will be a process to recruit for that position. Um, and then there will be a selection process whereby the commissioners will make a recommendation to um, of at least three candidates, I believe, to the mayor for selection. So um, that process is out actually outlined in the ordinance. Right, no, in the charter. I, I remember that. Right. So, um, but I think it's also important to recognize that, you know, the, any department, you'll notice Public Works has three deputy directors under the director, um, and mm. there are different roles. Uh, I, I guess the only reason, not to cut you up, but the only reason I'm asking is because this is essentially, other than the administrative backhouse, it's essentially the same, it's operations. You, so what you've done is you've taken operations out of public works and you've placed it into the new sanitation and streets. It has additional functions, and I could see the role of the deputy director being elevated, but that, I mean, they're already overseeing, they're interacting with administrative services, they're interacting with HR, they're interacting with financial management, and they're operating and overseeing all of the bureaus that are under them. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me that, that that just doesn't make sense. Uh, sure, I have more to say, I understand why you ahead, do Rachel. it, because you want to have a, a, certainly a fair transition. And you, I mean, I have nothing but you know, love and respect for Dejada and the do job that she's doing. So let me just say that from the beginning. But it seems to me like a, a new commission coming in would make the position of saying, let's elevate this person. Let's make that the recommendation of this new board and then start from there. Um, I'll try to answer. Um, I thought the same thing as you when I joined the team and started working on this. Um, and I think what Interim Director Short said about it being two different roles really did make sense to me and stood out to me because there is work that the Deputy Director of Operations needs to fulfill and will still need to fulfill. And the director, the department head role is what the former department head was doing. So that new work is transferring over. And I personally would hope that, um, you know, the current deputy director of operations seeks the permanent director role. And I think that the commission will, and once the new permanent director is named, that the commission and the new department head will work to think through maybe other organizational changes. Um, but Proposition B outlined the 
the specific duties, right, eight specific duties that are housed within operations. And so we did purposefully maintain that structure as is and transfer to the new sanitation and streets department. So that, that was intentional. I understand. I'm, it's just not very convincing to me. I've worked in that department, so I know what the DDO does. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I just think that that's something you all should take a, a second look at. The second thing I wanted was what Chair Ronan brought up about the enforcement. And I understand it's one of the bureaus that overlaps and has dual function. And so the question becomes, where do you house it? But it certainly, and that's BSM enforcement, and certainly will be important for street and sanitation services. You know what I would like to hear, if I could, I would, I would like to call the Deputy Director up of Operations and talk to her a little bit about this. Okay. The, about the implementation on the ground. Supervisor. Would you allow me just one more minute on the oh, structure sure. Go ahead. before no, we no, invite our Deputy Director of Operations? I think it's important to recognize that it's not going to be the same structure because the Director of Sanitation and Streets will be re reporting to a commission. And the role of the Director is going to be a lot more externally focused. I can tell you from experience now that I spend a lot of my time coordinating and meeting with other agencies and other department heads to look at citywide policies, to look at how we can be more efficient in our work. I can't be also running crews at the same time. The Deputy Director of Operations will remain focused on running the, those divisions within operations, but I think we need to acknowledge that there's a, a higher level role for the Director, and I too hope that Ms. Durden will seek that position. Um, and perhaps be elevated to that position, but then I strongly believe we need to backfill with a deputy director of operations because there are too many demands placed on a department head to then expect them to be as engaged, and anyone who knows Ms. Durden knows that she spends, you know, 12 hours a day with various crews. She can't do that and be in all the meetings looking at citywide policies and how city agencies can coordinate together. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Good afternoon, everyone. To Jada Durden, Deputy Director for Operations. Thank you. My first question, Ms. Durden, is in terms of the enforcement of BSM, how do you see that playing out? It's, oh, it, 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 the proposal is for it to be housed in public works, and I understand there's a building aspect, um, a permitting aspect of that, but in terms of the enforcement aspect, and how it interfaces with operations. Can you talk about that a little bit, and do you see any difficulties of it not being housed in, in sanitation and streets, for example? Well, I'll agree with my director. The permits play a big key in this, and we don't do permitting down in operations. The paperwork, the, the hearings, and those type of things, we don't have the capacity right. to do that, and that's why it's at BSM. So it makes more sense. But in terms of the interaction and the enforcement, do you feel like you'll be able to have that uh, arm working aggressively for your department, even if it's not housed in BSM? Well, I do believe that we have the public enforcement officers in our division, and we truly need more staff. And that's what this hearing is about. Right. Um, if we want to address the inefficiencies, 
We need a bigger staff in that section, so I think we can handle it. So the public enforcement staff is going to remain in operations? The PIOs on the garbage rates, yes. On the garbage rates? Absolutely. Yeah, they said that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the other enforcement aspect, it, that will now be in BSM. It's, it's still there. That's where it started. It will, but it will be over in Public Works. It's always been there. Yes, correct. In terms of this org chart, this is, I know obviously it's very broad, but how many staff do you have that are not necessarily running these bureau heads that work directly with you? Do you have a chief of staff or an assistant currently? I do have an assistant, yes. So they play like a chief of staff role? Yes, kind of, sort of. Do you have any other additional staff under the DDO that works in helping to implement operations other than that assistant? No. Okay. I guess, I guess and, and again, this is the first time I'm seeing this for this presentation today, but I'm thinking about the implementation and the, you know, not necessarily conflict, but is there an overall duplication? I, I hear what the director is saying in terms of outward facing. But in terms of the implementation on a daily basis, I'm not exactly sure what the differentiation of the two roles would be. So anyway, I just wanted to put that on the record, wanted to hear from the deputy director. I think that needs to be thought about. I, I thought I remembered you having a chief of staff, and I know that that person plays an important role in a lot of the HR, a lot of the dealing with the different bureaus, a lot of the operations. So if you have a chief of staff and you have other staff that are under you and work with you, I'm not exactly sure. I'm convinced still that there's a need for two positions. Uh, Chair, I'm done with. Thank you. Thank you, Deputy Director. Thank you. Thank you, Super uh, President Walton. Thank you, Chair Ronan. And Can I just uh, add to Supervisor Safai's questions about the positions and the BBR and all the different uh, divisions? Uh, one of the things that Proposition B did do, it did lay out a number of different functions that were supposed to be in each of the departments. And so I want to make sure that the committee is aware that when we took a look through the Prop B implementation about where and how this implementation would happen, we did have explicit conversations about whether any of those should transfer or transition. Uh, Proposition B, under what the board passed at that time, included a provision that gave the board the ability with eight votes to change some of those functions potentially. And so we did consider that. Uh, at this point, we did not recommend making or overriding that changes, the changes given some of the deep connections with field operations. In addition to that, there are many conversations, I believe, that are still happening around the city around the Department of Building Inspections and permitting functions as a whole. So I think it's still an open question from a policy perspective perspective about how it is that we fold in and figure out permitting as a whole. So I just want to make sure that you were aware that we did consider it in context of some of the other um, policy conversations that are happening. Thank you, Chair Ronan. And I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but if we could go to slide six, I just had a couple of things for my clarification. So the first one, and I know the expertise of engineer and architect are different, um, but we don't see the construction management components duplicative. Thank you, President Walton. Carla Short, Interim Director for Public Works. Um, no, there really is a different um, specialty between managing vertical 
Um, so, you know, the construction managers who are handling architecture, um, libraries, civic buildings, um, unique floating fire stations, um, they have to have that uh, experience with uh, the development of buildings and all of the codes associated with the buildings and that sort of thing, whereas the engineering side of the house deals with what we refer to as the horizontal infrastructure, so roads, sewers, um, those, uh, all the engineering that goes around catch basins, for example, our hydraulic engineers, how the water flows off of the roadways. So the construction managers actually do have pretty specialized fields within those two um, different types of infrastructure development. And did I hear you mention floating fire stations? I did. So were you advocating for a floating fire station in the southeast? <laughs> um, we could consider it given the flooding I, I just, that we've I just been thought, having I just, I just thought I heard that um, and then uh, I mean I, I'm assuming these are one positions but when it says city engineer and deputy director for infrastructure that's one position correct got it thank you thank you um, a couple of questions um, is there and and I didn't think about this while I was looking at the different charts, but is there an, an HR department in each different department? There's one for all. So this will get into a bunch of my questions about vacancies and hiring then, because I thought perhaps one of the benefits of splitting the departments in half is they'd have their own dedicated HR departments, which would make hiring easier and faster. Thank you, Supervisor, for that great question. Uh, currently, HR is handled by City Administrator's Office, so GSA. I think many, many years ago when Dep Department of Public Works at the time was put into the GSA fold, they consolidated some of the shared services, including HR functions. So the City Administrator's Office provides HR functions for the 20-plus departments and divisions within the city administrator, in addition to Department of Technology and Public Works. As yeah. we thought about how implementation of Prop B would work, one of the things we thought was pretty fundamental is that if you put it under a commission structure, you would also want to make sure that the department had full accountability to that, that department uh, commission. And so if you all of a sudden had HR being provided, for example, through a different department, it would be very easy to say, well, we can't do the thing that you want us to do. We can't hold the standards that you ask us to or implement the things you want us to because this other organization isn't doing the hiring or prioritizing our hiring. So as we contemplated this implementation, one of the recommendations that we're putting forward in this budget is that we will be transitioning HR functions, parts of the HR functions, into public works. Uh, I think the other thing just to know is that in Proposition B, it requires that when the SAS department is formed, they cannot have their own administrative services until two years later. So in any case, you could not kind of create the SAS department come October 1, which is the date after the transition date was set for July 1. You can't actually expect them to have an administrative services within their own department because Prop B doesn't allow that until two years later. So what we're doing is a stepwise or phased-in approach where we're essentially transitioning all of the administrative functions to public works. And then when that two-year time elapses, that's a policy conversation for this body and others about how to, and the mayor's office, on how to then uh, potentially do the next phase of implementation. I see. That's really helpful. But, there, but then there is a, a, a benefit because previously HR 
uh, duties were split between dozens of departments, now there will be a separate HR department for these two, H these two departments. Correct. That is good news. <laughs> can, can I ask, I don't know who the correct person is, but ask more questions about vacancies in physicians? <laughs> don't all fight to, to answer the questions. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, you know, and, and uh, uh, Director Short will appreciate this, but I've, you know, as I, I'm working with the department to enforce the new street vendor legislation, I've been in several meetings with um, PW staff, and I have to say uh, morale seems a bit low. Um, and that, you know, I know um, City Administrator Chu started off by saying the enthusiasm that everyone in the department has for their job, and I would say that's stretched at the moment. <laughs> that's what I'm seeing. Um, and, you know, I've rarely been in meetings with the department where, you know, they are basically you know, representatives are on the verge of tears because being asked to take over a yet another function while being severely understaffed just feels like a setup for failure. And so I wanted to hear a little bit more about the number of vacancies um, in the different department, both pre, I guess now, and then what's, what is planned for post-October. Um, and what, what are, why, why so many vacancies, why so severely understaffed, and, and how are we going to fix this? Well, I was going to add, I was going to, okay. Go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> um, Chair Ronan, it is a very good question with not a particularly easy answer. Um, I think I would start with hiring it may not seem that way, is the number one priority of the department at the moment, and we are making every effort, a very concerted effort, working collaboratively with the city administrator staff to fill as many positions as we can. So one of the things we did as we were developing our own HR department as required under Proposition B is we talked internally to city administrator HR staff as well as DHR and other HR departments to try to figure out what that staffing level is. And our plan is really twofold. As we hire the hirers within Public Works and DHR, we've been talking to them and asking for their assistance, the city administrator's office will focus on filling the key core critical Public Works positions. And then as one decreases, the other one will increase. So that's the plan going forward. We just did an employee engagement survey and we haven't seen the full results yet, but vacancies and hiring is, is if not number one issue that we need to address, it's, it's gonna be one or two. So we are acutely aware of it. So what we are doing and why we're seeing so many vacancies really is a couple reasons. One is, and I will speak for my team, the uncertainty around Prop B has led people to leave. As part of our exit interviews, we have heard from staff I don't know where I'm going to work. I don't know what public works is going to look like. I want some certainty. So on the administrative side, that's actually had an impact on our staffing levels. In addition to all of the other items that are going on, the great resignation, people kind of reevaluating things in terms of what do they want out of their job and their career and their profession. In our exit interviews, we're also hearing that very much. So I think it's really a challenge. The other reasons, 
And Supervisor, you, you highlighted on it earlier, a lot of the work we do is very demanding, is very challenging, and, and sometimes it's very hard to see all the work you've done to clean a street and then 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes later, it's almost as if you can't even tell you were there. So we have significant vacancies. We are acutely aware of that. We are working on it. I think one of the other items that I would bring up is there are efforts going on with the mayor's office, the controller's office, and DHR to come up with some solutions to improve and expedite the hiring process. You know, the, the, the civil service process is a lengthy, arduous process by design to ensure there's no nepotism or, or any other actions that you don't want to have happen. You want a fair and open and transparent process. So it's a little bit by design. So we, we do have vacancies. I, I do think there's one other item that I would look at. Um, we had a previous hearing and our vacancy rate was about 30%. It's south of that now. It's in the upper 20s, so we are getting better. But I, I want to reiterate something. A lot of our positions are dictated on whether there's funding. So we don't always have funding for some of our work. And so that is always a little bit of what makes public works a little bit unusual. So our vacancy rate is always going to be one of the higher vacancy rates in the city because it's always driven by funding. So for instance, by design, we have additional architects, landscape architects, engineers by design within our budget because one year when we're building a $811 million hospital, we need architects who have an experience with hospital requirements and understand OSHPOD and the state regulatories of hospitals. So we may have to staff up or we may have less work on the engineering side. So we have more position count than we need very much by design. So granted, a 27%, 30% vacancy rate is far too high, but we're always going to be a little higher than other departments. So I, I want to make that point out there. And, and yes, we are working actively on, on filling vacancies. And I'm very excited, and I look forward to the task of <laughs> developing a new HR department and trying to, to fill the positions because <laughs> as, as the finance and administration, we are the support function. And filling positions and paying bills is the support function that helps the people that are doing the work out on the streets. And and I understand that the mayor's budget instructions asked you to submit a budget that did not grow the budget, that you could move move positions and money around within your budget, but she asked you to submit a revenue neutral or a you know request neutral budget. If do you have a sense of the staffing that you would need in order to properly keep the streets clean and 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 enforce all of uh, the laws you've been asked to enforce? Um, and if so, how does that compare to the budget you submitted to the mayor? I am going to yield that question to the interim director, Carla Schwartz. Thank you, Carla Short, Interim Director for Public Works. Um, we did put together uh, budget initiatives to try to address some of the challenges that we have currently. Um, so we, and we could probably pull up that slide. I don't know the number. Nine, Nine maybe. Um, But basically, you know, this is um, similar to what I mentioned to you, Supervisor 
I think late last year when we were talking about this. Um, you know, we have a sidewalk cleaning initiative that would add 31 staff, um, and it comes at a cost of about almost 10 million, um, which I think was the number I mentioned back then. Um, the other, the enhanced sidewalk and street enforcement, that speaks to both the shared spaces program that has been incredibly successful in helping our small businesses, you know, be able to survive the pandemic. Um, but we have to ensure that those sites are safe and accessible for everyone. And one of the challenges we've had is that was turned around very quickly and people were allowed to create these spaces that have been incredible. I, I love being able to sit outside and eat. Um, but we need to make sure that everyone can have that access and that they are safe for people. And so um, we have been severely understaffed to try to address those requests for inspection and those safety concerns. Um, and then as you know, with the new illegal vending ordinance that's just passed, we're working hard to figure out how we're going to permit that. So it's tied to a permit, which is partly why that enforcement unit is within the BSM unit. Um, but that is another new program um, that did not have any existing resources to address. So that's why we plugged in that uh, initiative as well. So, so slide 10 then is the additional staff you would need in order, so not what you presented in your budget to the mayor's office, but what you would need in addition to what you presented in order to, you know, fulfill all of the duties that we all want you to fulfill, basically. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. I will say, as you yourself noted, we go through and clean, and I, I have said, and I will say it, Again and again, I think we do a beautiful job. We do very well cleaning the streets of San Francisco, and we do it over and over again. And so as much as we want these additional resources to help us stay more on top of it, we, you know, street behavior is one of the fundamental challenges that makes it very difficult for us to be successful. Yeah. And that, that gets to another question, which is, um, and it's similar to Supervisor Safai's question, it's, it's not intuitive, you know, from, from someone looking from the outside that you would put these enforcement duties in the sort of engineering and permitting side of things because the people out in the streets who know what's going on in the streets, who see the violations every single day when they're clearing the streets, um, you know, how do they communicate that so it's not all reliant upon... San Francisco residents to do those to the complaint-based enforcement. Um, that's why I, you know, I hope that there's some internal communication between the two departments um, so that we're not wasting that opportunity. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that the the workers out in the streets cleaning the streets know the city better than anyone and know exactly what's going on on every street corner and what violations there are, et cetera. Um, we should ha have a, a really good communication mechanisms between the enforcement department and those individuals. They're such an asset to us. They, I absolutely agree. They are an asset. Um, I would say that the inspection division of BSM is also out in the streets every day. They're inspecting for sidewalk uh, defects. They're inspecting for construction issues. They are inspecting for blocking the sidewalk. So in many, and they are out 
all day in the streets as well. So they go hand in hand with our permitting department because when someone gets a permit, we then need to inspect to ensure that they are in compliance with the permit. But that goes for all kinds of different permits, including tables and chairs, making sure they're not blocking the sidewalks. As I mentioned, shared spaces, making sure that they're accessible, that we don't have barriers to access. So they're also out in the streets every day um, looking at things. And in fact, they're part of why this, I think it makes sense to keep the enforcement of the illegal vending with that unit is because they can look for other issues. So they can look for blockages of the sidewalk, access issues, that sort of thing, while they're out there checking for the permits. Um, so they are not office staff. Uh, there is an inspection team within BSM that is out there inspecting. They don't even have to come into the office. They go straight to their tablets, straight to their city vehicles, and they're out in the streets. Um, but I agree with you. We need to ensure that we have strong communication between our operations team and what will now be the public works team. So it won't be internal. It'll be <laughs> a new department, department to a department. Mm -hmm. But that is one of the many 40-odd uh, touch points that we've identified. And so we are going to do our best to make sure that that is seamless. And we routinely contact each other now, even though they're in separate divisions. We expect that we will routinely contact each other even after the split. But it will be through an MOU rather than being in the same department. Got it. Thank you. And then I just have one last question before I turn it over uh, to uh, our budget director, Ashley Grothenberger. So is there anything that you can yet tell us? Because to me, as budget chair, uh, the condition of our streets are one of my very top priorities. And it looks like, and it, and it rings absolutely true to me. And, and I don't know if that, that's a like we're assuming we're gonna fill all the vacancies and then have those extra positions is what I'm assuming. So we have a double burden there and, and, and task before us. But um, has the mayor made any decisions? Is this a priority for, for you and the mayor as well in terms of uh, the upcoming budget that you'll present to us in a very short period of time? Uh, thank you for the question. Ashley Grofmerger, Mayor's Budget Director. Uh, so obviously, as the department presented, there are many demands on this department, um, you know, in excess of $23 million and 88 additional FTE, as indicated in the slide. At this point, the mayor is weighing those needs against all of the other needs that are coming up as part of this budget process. We know this is an area that there needs to be some focus. I think it'll be difficult to fund at the level presented by the department, but we are weighing this and know that it's a priority that we need to consider for this budget. Just hearing it from, from me, it's, it's a huge priority for, for, for me and for, for my constituents, absolutely. Um, if, if it's okay with my colleagues, I'll turn it over to Supervisor Marr first since he haven't, hasn't spoken. Thank you, Chair Ronan. And I, yeah, I appreciated all the questions that have already been asked that um, in the responses. I, I just had a few other ones. Um, uh, actually, just regarding the staff vacancies, I, I did want to say that I this weekend I, I happened to see a friend of mine who informed me that she recently tra transferred to a job at DPW from a different department, and she was she was very ha seemed very happy about that. So that was positive news. So was glad to hear that. And then I was even happier to hear that she's, I guess her, her role, role is um, around grant I'm sorry, contract administration, um, and um, and I know uh, interim director Short. You know, we've been in conversations about a few small 
um, contracts related to Sunset Boulevard that you know we had we're, we're hoping to 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 to, to see um, administered more quickly. Um, so hope, hopefully that's going to help with that. Um, but I, so I had a question more around contract administration and how the re, this moving ahead with the restructuring um, will 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 improve improve that for the the departments or in and then also like how much of the the problem around slow contract administration is related to to the staff vacancies. Um, thank you, Supervisor uh, Bruce Robertson, Finance Director for Public Works. Um, Staffing level is now that we have a new person to focus on grants, we, contract admin for the first time in a long time is fully staffed. So I think things will get better. Um, I think one of the changes that have, has really impacted contract administration throughout the city is some of the rule changes that have happened over the past two years. So there are some new requirements, some new checks and balances um, that have been implemented that have increased um, oversight to ensure no nefarious behaviors. But as a result of that, I think it has caused some slowdowns. Taking items to the commissions for both sanitation and streets and public works will have a further slowdown. But because we are fully staffed and contract admin, we have a very robust team and things are moving much faster. And in fact, I will tell you, I had a meeting on those exact grant opportunities this morning at 9 a.m. So those, those are moving forward. Um, one other item I, I would want to highlight is we spent a lot of discussion in the property implementation around Chapter 6 authority, and that's construction authority. So Public Works will remain a Chapter 6 department, and it looks like we're planning to maybe have a carve-out for sanitation streets, primarily around tree establishment. So that's one of the big issues. As contract admin is providing contractual services for both. We wanted to make sure that we remained efficient and got things done as fast as possible. So we've had a lot of discussions internally around how we can do that and, and uh, continue to do contracting in an effective and a fully compliant way, but be as, as fast as possible. Great, thank you for that. And I just had one other question, and just an example from my district that I'm thinking of that um, helps me to understand um, how the, the new, um, you know, split up or spin-off of operations will work, and, and also the budgetary needs and staffing needs. Um, so there's the also related to Sunset Boulevard, the the project to um, to connect the gray water line to the irrigation system on Sunset Boulevard. That's something we've been working on with with you know DPW for for a while now. Um, and actually, which which department would that project be under that's a perfect example yeah. of a project that's going to be multi-departmental the lead on that will be public works because it's a construction contract and there's some trenching and some engineering work involved but the bureau of urban forestry and operations will certainly be involved in, in ensuring that that happens with the understanding that the reason for that is to help provide irrigation and, and additional water for the vegetation and the the trees that are in that area so that's the perfect example of a project that will be done collaboratively between sanitation and streets and public works. But the contract will be held by public works. Got it, okay. That, I think that sounds good too because um, I think it seems like we, we're pretty close to getting, and there's some, some agreement that had to be worked out with PUC on that. So I guess it, it sounds good to me that it'll stay in, in public works so it could get, get through that, that important next step. And. and I want to commend the PUC. They were help, 
um, helped fund some of the projects. So yep. a lot of those meetings happened and they were a very collaborative partner on that. Great, thank you. Thanks, Chair Renner. Supervisor Safai. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> it it might have been helpful to have the, you know, we had a whole hearing on this uh, vacancies and hiring, Public Works, PSNS. Uh, it might have been helpful to have the, that slide deck too that you all had provided. I don't know if you got, if you all brought that, but one of the telling, and I'm going to share this with the chair, but one of the telling um, slides that they had was filled versus vacant and budgeted full-time positions. So as they reference, there's a historical uh, vacancy rate uh, since 2018, pri far prior to COVID, um, within the department, uh, almost at 30%. And if you, if, you slip, if you flip to the next couple slides, it talks about some of the positions. And what motivated the conversation was the 70 laborer positions, which are directly related to the you know, the cleanliness of the streets, conditions of the streets, and so on. Um, we have generated and are engaging with the leadership of public works, HR, and organized labor to come up with some creative solutions, one potentially being a direct hiring hall agreement um, for as-needed and temporary positions. So we're going to continue that conversation. Just wanted to say that on the record. Um, and we're working diligently with the team and getting feedback on that. Um, the thing that I guess I would, I would be a little bit reluctant about, and I want to hear what the mayor's budget director has to say about this. This is potential, when I add up the potential on slide 10, it's 98 positions. Almost uh, 80 of them are, I think, would fall under general labor. If you're looking at efficient and systematic street sweeping, sidewalk cleaning, enhanced cleaning, again, I would think that that would be gen with general laborers. And then graffiti work, again, would be under laborers. I know that there's a lot of budgeted, unfilled positions. So I guess what I'm trying to hear from the, uh, either the director, interim director from Public Works or the mayor's director, budget director is, why aren't we using some of the positions that are budgeted and unfilled to, to focus on this additional work rather than looking at it from the perspective that we need to then add additional funding to potentially receive this? My hope had been when we talked about the vacant positions, and, and I know some of the, when, when you look at the previous slide deck, when when you look at the over, potentially over 500, almost 600 positions as of December 2021, I know some of those are related to contracts, but, but I think of 300 of them were non-related to contracts. So I just, I'm curious why we can't use some of those budgeted and, and unfilled positions to do some of the additional work to Supervisor Ronan's questions about street cleaning. Thanks, Supervisor Carla Short, Interim Director for Public Works. Um, well, there are a couple of things at play, I think. One is, um, you know, we are striving always, even before Prop B and the split, to improve our efficiencies for our ability to clean the streets and, and um, uh, do the best job we can with that. The additional resources would help us to be more proactive, um, and right now we are not entirely reactive, but we are quite <laughs> reactive um, with a small amount of proactive um, projects. I think the other thing, though, is we do have some 
positions that may be um, in the budget, but they're not necessarily funded positions. Um, and so I think it's important to recognize that. So we have um, positions that are based on even general labor positions that might be project-based or rely on funding from another city agency. And if we don't get that level of funding, then we don't fill those positions. Um, but I think the other thing that's important to recognize is even if we were to fill every position in uh, the department, we do have a, a vacancy rate, particularly right now, that's pretty high due to any number of things, but particularly lots of people have had to take time off during the pandemic to care for their children or someone who got sick or they themselves were sick. And so what we know is that even if we were fully staffed, we probably wouldn't be able to achieve everything that is um, really described in in the ordinance that split up the departments, which is, which is a much more um, proactive sidewalk and street cleaning um, than what we are currently providing. Okay, thank you. I, again, I'm just going back to your slide deck that you presented to us in our hearing. It says vacant budgeted full-time positions. Right, that means they're in the budget. It doesn't mean that they're funded in the budget. So they can be in the but, budget and be listed as interdepartmental funds, and then we rely on that department to give us the funds. I understand, but when we had the, <laughs> when we had the hearing, we were very specific about how many positions were funded and unfilled, and it was in the hundreds. So I guess what I, I guess I, what I put back to the mayor's budget director, I know that you made the affirmative statement that the mayor is committed to filling vacant positions. I know we went through an extensive labor negotiation where there was a, an agreed upon increase over the next two years, and I know that might impact some of those unfilled budgeted positions. But there are still hundreds of unfilled budgeted positions at Public Works that can help do some of this work that we're talking about today. So do you have a clear idea of how many budgeted, uh, budgeted unfilled positions are in Public Works budget currently? I mean, you might not have that off the top of your head, but... Yeah, I, my do, I do not know. Okay. So my understanding from our hearing that we had was that you had hundreds of funded, unfilled positions. And so all I, all, the only point I'm trying to underscore is if you have hundreds of unfilled budgeted positions and you've identified other initiatives in public works that you could use additional staff, I know that my perspective from the budget committee will be if you have funded, unfilled positions, use some of those positions first to in, in, in to meet some of these goals? I would just say, and then I think the department can comment on their operations. The mayor was clear also in her instructions. She wanted departments to fill budgeted funded vacancies. What I think the department is saying is they need those to do their kind of core functions and anything above and beyond that would be needed to do the things that they listed. No, I don't want to speak for the department. No, 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 but I, that, I, know, I, I, I understand. I, I would just say again, just referring back to the sheet since 2018, there has been a 30% vacancy historically in public works. And then I would just also echo what Mr. Robertson said, is that some of those vacancies are project-based funds. They don't right. have the funding for those, so their vacancy rate looks artificially high. Yeah, I think, again, we talked about that in the hearing. I think then it comes down to about 20%. So it's still a significant vacancy rate for one of the most important departments as it relates to street cleaning. 
Hi, Jada Durden, Deputy Director for Operations. I know the exact number of general laborers on the vacancy field right now for operations. That would be 43. And if I filled every position that I needed for general laborers at 43 positions today, it would be a wonderful day. Okay? <laughs> yes, it would. Okay, but factually, Mm -hmm. We have a 25% absenteeism rate every day. Right. This is not weekly, monthly. This is And that every is day. not unique to public works. We understand oh, correct. that. Correct. And so even if I filled every position, it will not fulfill the need. We have to have gap analysis done to deal with this. Um, I, I don't disagree, Mr. Jordan. I, I, what I'm trying to emphasize the point is the mayor's in the process of putting forward her budget. We are going to review that budget. We have collectively said street cleanliness is a priority. Correct. Part of the reason why when we talked out on the streets months ago and you said at Correct. the time we have 70, we've gotten that number down to 43, so that's great. Right. Uh, we're going to keep working on that. Right. But I know that there's some other prior, a lot of these priorities other than the enhanced you know, street enforcement, which I think are public service aides, and that's related to this new initiative that we've collectively supported and the mayor is supportive which was the um, sidewalk vending. Other than that, a lot of it is related to cleaning, street cleaning, enhanced, graffiti. And so all I'm trying to underscore is that you have unfilled positions. Let's get those filled. Let's have the mayor make a determination on what, they're, what she is committed to doing. Then we have, will have a better understanding of what gap we can help fill as part of the budget process. Is that yeah. fair? Uh, absolutely. Um, the, the, the one We're trying to help. <laughs> the one I want to help. I want you to get more staff. We want the streets clean. We're not trying to take anything away. That, I just want to say that clearly. I just wanted to just wrap it up for you to let you understand that even if we filled every position, the 25% absenteeism rate Would still is an effect on me right. every day. Right. And uh, we need help. We need more people. And I want to keep the streets cleaner. But if you help me, help us, we'll get the city clean. One thing that I don't understand that you keep saying is some of these positions are project-based. What, what does that, what does that like mean? Like a capital, like a street improvement. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Madam, oh, I think Director Rothenberger was going to oh. Um, Chair Ronan, what that means is we call those ID funded, and those are interdepartmental funds. So those are primarily engineers and architects, okay, or people that work on capital projects. Okay, but I'm more, we, we're kind of focused on Yeah, this generally thing. speaking, not, not entirely. There are some, but there, there are ID funded positions that do clean the streets, that if that funding doesn't materialize, then we cannot fill those positions. And could you give me an example yeah, of those? I'm, I'm more great. interested on that, on the street cleaning side than on the, 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 the it makes sense for the, for the engineering side, but. So, so an example like the library, they pay us to clean in front of their own areas. And so if we don't get that funding, uh, that particular group of people won't be working. Um, so it's interdepartmental as well, whereas PUC. departments want extra cleanliness in within the city, within they their area, and so they they transfer funds to DPW to do extra cleaning. I see. Correct, because it's their responsibility to, for their property, so they they uh, send us funding to do it. Yes. And of the so. Okay. So they'll start off a project for three years, so just say typically, and then after three years it'll go away. Okay, that's helpful. Thank okay. you. Thank you.
Professor, if I could bring up one other example that is not on the radar, but has not been implemented, but the other sources from the state, gas tax funds. So we get a fair amount of gas tax funds that we use for street cleaning. And should there be a gas tax holiday or a reduction in the gas tax from the state level, that potentially could have an impact as well. So that is something we're working with the mayor's office and the controller's office quite closely to monitor. So just I wanted to put that out there as well. That could have a That's helpful. significant Thank impact. You. Thank you. All right. It looks like there's no more questions. So we can open this up, item up for public comment. Thank you, Chair Rowan. And members of the public who wish to speak on this hearing and are joining us in person should line up now uh, right along the curtains. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001 with the meeting ID of 2492-607-1682. Then press pound twice. Once connected, you will need to press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your queue to begin your comments. Seeing no in-person speakers in the chamber, Mr. Kawana, can you uh, please unmute the caller? Uh, good afternoon, David Pilpel. How long do I have to speak? That wasn't specified. Two minutes. Great, and can I get a 30-second uh, warning? Thanks. So, uh, David Pilpel, so I opposed Proposition B in November 2020. I thought that was a bad idea at the time. I still do. Nevertheless, this needs to be made to work. Rachel Alonzo is, I believe, a proud graduate of the City Hall Fellows Program, which we don't hear enough about. I don't know if it's still in existence, uh, but she's a great person. Uh, reference was made to the new DPW Commission Secretary being hired, but I've not heard the name. I don't know who that person is. If that could be stated publicly, that would be great. Significant costs and time uh, are involved in this department uh, split, as you've already heard, without new resources or services for the public. New commissions allow more oversight, but may slow down uh, approvals for uh, projects and such and have more uh, contract uh, issues at those commissions, just as the uh, board recently enacted the uh, behested payments legislation. All of that's going to have bearing um, on contracts subject to approval of these uh, two new commissions. Uh, let's also be clear that the charter refers to a commission secretary uh, in many instances and not a commission affairs manager. That seems to be more of a term of art. Charter section 10.104 sub 6 uh, excludes from civil service all non-uniformed deputy heads of departments. Um, I believe that's a good reason uh, to have just a single uh, deputy director of the new SAS uh, department if uh, the four 30. operating managers were elevated to deputy directors, uh, then they would be uh, permanent exempt and not permanent civil service. So this actually protects the civil service status of those four incumbents. Uh, there are opportunities that I see here to collaborate with other city departments to reduce duplication overall. It would be nice to hear more about that in the future. And finally, I look forward to reversing this split and reuniting uh, DPW or Public Works as one department with the resources it needs to serve uh, the public in the future. But I appreciate all the staff work that's gone into uh, time trying to make this work. Thank you for listening. Thank you, David Pilpel, for your comments. And just verifying, Madam Chair, we have no more colors. Public comment is closed. Sorry, one last uh, question that my staff is texting me to ask, <laughs> um, which has to deal with our 
conversations with Recology over uh, cleanliness in the mission and pickup of the regular uh, street cans. Does their contract with the city, with, with, with DPW, allow us to alter and demand different pickup frequencies for trash cans in different places? Supervisor Ronan, I don't have that answer right at my fingertips. I don't want to, I think it's a little of a nuanced answer and, and I want to make sure I provide accurate information. So, because there are some provisions, but I just, I want to make sure that I'm specific. So if I could provide that to you in the committee after the hearing, that would, that would be my preference if possible. Yeah, my colleague is asking me to reiterate the question, so I'm happy to do so. Uh, and I'll give an example. In the mission, especially on Mission Street and around certain parks, Garfield Park, for example, uh, there are some trash cans that are only half full or empty or fine, and then there are some that are constantly overflowing. And so we asked Recology to do a more regular servicing of those trash cans that are regularly overflowing. And we have not received a positive response from Ecology. And so we're, what, what the question is, what I'm wondering, is in our agreement and contract with, as a city with Recology, can we require that they do more frequent servicing of trash cans that are regularly overflowing? Supervisor, I apologize. I'm not gonna give you the answer you want. So if you could allow me a day or two, I would certainly Absolutely. give you a more robust answer offline. Okay. But now that I have the, a little more context on the question, okay. we'll certainly provide that to you and the, the rest of the committee members. Thank you, I appreciate that. And with that, um, I hope we've impressed upon <laughs> Ms. Kroppenberger and uh, the mayor that this is a priority for this committee, um, that you know, the conditions of the streets are not acceptable and it's not, uh, there's no blame on DPW at all. To the, to the contrary, uh, there's not enough staff. I, I, I genuinely believe that. Um, and as Interim Director Short said, there are many factors that, that influence that fact. So I, I really don't want any of the phenomenal workers to, to take that on themselves. Uh, just keep doing your amazing work. Um, but we've got to, as a city, do more to make a visible impact on the street streets, and one way to do that is by increasing the frequency and the number, and you know, basically, slide the dream slide slide ten um, as much as possible. Would love to see that those those staff additions uh, made a reality as soon as possible. Uh, so, with that, Supervisor Safai, you have some closing remarks. I do. Um, thank you, Chair, for adding this uh, and putting this hearing on today. Uh, this, is, this was a good continuation of the hearing that we had, and I appreciate staff coming. I, I do want to say that I think this shows, in, in, in my opinion, contrary to what uh, some people believe, it, it shows why I think Prop B can have an impact. I think having a separate HR department for a department that has had a historic vacancy rate of almost 30%, contracted or not contracted, is a problem that needs to be dived in on. I think a commission will shed more light on that. I think a conversation about transparency will shed more light on that. I think having an HR department that is 100% focused on filling positions for its department 
is a, is a very good thing. And, and I've worked with many of you knowing that there were specific positions that we were trying to get filled that would serve our districts and hearing that it has to go through. And I think that's something else that the mayor's office is working on, not necessarily being the one stop that has to sign off on every single approval for a position. That's one stop. Then it goes to city HR. Then it goes to city administrator HR. Then it comes back to the department. I mean, that, that, is, that in and of itself is tremendous bureaucracy. I think we, the mayor's office is going to have a streamlined process for approval for positions. I think that will help. I think having an HR team that's focused exclusively on filling these positions. And then the other thing we're getting into, and this is, this is what we're working on with organized labor HR in the department, is the time to fill. It's very similar to what we did with the nursing. When we, I mean, it was basically the day we had our first COVID case. We had that hearing. We found out that it was a nine-month to almost a year process to hire our nurses. And somehow during the crisis, we were able to find the way with HR's help, with public health um, department's help, with the mayor's office help, and we shrunk that with a working group down to a, of three months. And so the goal, at least that I'm trying to do, is take the lessons that we learned from that and apply it to this situation because it does get reflected in the amount of calls that we get, the conditions of the streets, and, and the work that you all are doing. And, and the, the, what did you say, Supervisor Ronan, the, um, the overall morale of the department? People feel down when they're constantly feeling like their work is not being valued or that their work is constantly being... Um, undone consistently and you're you know trying to put a band-aid on uh, a dam breaking consistently in this city so we are I, I mean I am 100% committed I know some of my former colleagues are still frustrated with me about the whole prop B split but I think we're headed down this path and I think we're going to get to a good place um, but I think the time to hire is also a number is a very important conversation that we're going to engage on and then finally, the number of positions that need to be filled and then increasing the staff. If I could, we would consistently be increasing staff for street cleanliness. I know there are some cities, big cities, that have almost a 24-hour team working. We don't have the ability to do that right now, but we have the volume of trash. And well, 24-hour on the, on the scale, on the scale there, there is 24 hours, but it's not 24 hours in all the neighborhoods, or it's not 24 hours. It, it's 24 hours where you all deem you have the, uh, the, the consistent need, right? And maybe more in the downtown core, but I could tell you that my district, and I know Supervisor Ronan and Supervisor Walton's, like we, the amount of illegal dumping, the amount of trash, the amount of graffiti, it is just, is just as uh, debilitating as it is for the downtown core. And I understand why you do that. I mean, you need to do that given the volume of people that are there and, and all the other reasons that we don't need to get into. So I'm committed to helping. I appreciate this conversation today. I think we're headed down the right path. Um, but we, I would like to see ultimately what the mayor proposes in terms of the positions that are going to be filled that are already funded to help the department. And then we can see what we can do to add on to that ultimately. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you everybody for coming and presenting uh, and First, I would just like to make a quick motion to excuse Supervisor Chan, if we can take a roll call on that motion. On that motion to excuse Supervisor Chan for the remainder of this meeting. Uh, Vice Chair Safai. <laughs> Safai, aye. Member Moore. Aye. 
Mar, aye. Uh, Member Chan, excused. Member Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. Chair Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. We have four ayes with, uh, with Member Chan, excused. Thank you, and now I'd like to make a motion to file this hearing. On that motion to file this hearing, Vice Chair Safai. Safai, aye. Member Mar? Aye. Mar, aye. Uh, Member Chan, excused. Member Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. Chair Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. We have four ayes with uh, Member Chan, excused. Thank you so much. And Mr. Clerk, are there any other items on the agenda? Uh, Madam Chair, that concludes our business. The meeting is adjourned. Thanks. SFGov TV, San Francisco Government Television.